2: This is the Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the
0: latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world. All on the Hash for your ears. You're listening to the Coindesk Podcast Network.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Jensen Azzi. We got Zach Seward right up there, George Kaludis, and David Morris on a wonderful Friday morning. Hello, guys. Hi, everybody. All right, let's get into the first story. Sports
2: desk.
1: That <laughs> never gets old, right? Okay, like we have it. a very special Sports Desk story this morning. Defensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers, Alex Barrett, has partnered with BitWage to receive his entire paycheck in Bitcoin. Alex is joining us now to tell us how stumbling across a Twitter spaces led him to fully embracing crypto. Hello, Alex.
3: Hi, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Welcome.
1: Thanks for being with us. So why don't you just start us off at the beginning of this story? This all started from a Twitter spaces.
3: Yeah, just a a normal day in my life, you know, after training, after football, you know, go home, sit on the computer, you know, join these spaces, just kind of learn what's going on, you know, out there in the crypto, crypto world. Um, with one of these spaces, I heard of a UFC fighter um, joining up with a team called BitWage and getting his full paycheck in, in Bitcoin. And it sparked my interest. Um, from that space, uh, a guy by the name of Q gave me a shout out and was like, hey, Alex Barrett's going to be the next player or uh, athlete, you know, paid in Bitcoin. And from there, we kind of just followed up. And uh, I talked to the CEO, JC. And from there, we, we kind of just made it happen.
0: So, was this your first Bitcoin? You just went from zero to 100, just like real quick, or was there a previous experience with Bitcoin that made you amenable to taking your full paycheck in
2: Bitcoin?
3: Yeah. So, this is actually my first experience. I watched the wave happen in 2017 when Bitcoin hit 20K, um, kind of sat on the background and, you know, just learned as much as I can before I got fully involved. Once I joined up with Bitwage, though, so, you know, they kind of helped me educate myself even more and understand blockchain and you know the digital gold that bitcoin is and from there i kind of was just all in
0: so gotta ask you time wise you know we look at the chart bitcoin is kind of tanking a little bit how are you feeling right now amid this period of market uncertainty
3: i feel confident you know i i've been here before earlier in march i think we had this dip too you know i kind of just kind of learned to be comfortable with it you know you see funny memes out there of like you know, a Jedi in the red, you know, or like, you know, I'm one with this I'm you know, I have mastered this, but I kind of like to picture that Mimi in my head when we see things like this, because I, I understand the long term, you know, the longevity of, you know, Bitcoin.
1: I have to know what, what do your teammates think of this? What's the discussion like in the locker room when it comes to crypto?
3: It's not, it's not so pleasant. Trust me, everyone has an opinion. Everyone thinks they're a financial advisor um, when it comes to crypto, <laughs> and you know right now is the time because you know all the markets are down, you know start crypto, inflation's high and, and whatnot you know so it's kind of a bitter like a, their their conversations about it, their FUD about it is their 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 opinion about it kind of kind of just block it out you know there's not much you know they can tell me that you know I don't already know or understand, you kind of just laugh it off
2: so mm. So, Alex, you're not the first NFL player to take their salary in, in Bitcoin. And I'm just curious if you've talked to some of the other folks who have made that move. I know Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham are on that list. Is, that, is there getting to be any kind of community of NFL players who are involved?
3: Not yet, but I think that's a great idea. I think we should all come together. I think as, you know, the NFL, which these people who are interested in, you know, receiving their payroll in Bitcoin, you know, should, you know, start a little community and talk about this more and, you know, how we can help each other learn and grow in the space.
1: You guys should at least be in a WhatsApp group at the very least.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. I think so.
4: So Alex, you're taking 100% of your salary in Bitcoin, but the cost of living in SF is outrageous, right? So I know you have bills. <laughs> Are you planning to remain Bitcoin native and use products like Bitrefill or BitPay to pay for your rent, your meal, meals, your utilities, your Lambo whenever we hit a million dollars per Bitcoin? You know, what's your strategy there?
3: Um, I have not heard of any of these companies, so thanks for informing me. But yes, absolutely. Why not? Um, if it's something that provides the utilities to where I can use it in the real world, that's what I'm going to do right now. Anything I have in Bitcoin, you know, I can cash it out and use like my Coinbase debit card and use USD. That's how I go about my stuff right now. Obviously, I have like a diversified portfolio, you know, so I'm able to have you know stable income coming in. But Bitcoin is my biggest asset, you know, and for the future.
4: That makes sense. So when are you going to sell your Bitcoin for USD when we, before or after we hit a million dollars per
3: coin? Shoot, I don't know. I might get asked before. <laughs> There's going to I be know. some big numbers. Oh, my gosh. Big number. Big numbers.
1: I was reading that you were at uh, Bitcoin 2022 in Miami. Was that your first crypto conference? And I just want to know, you know, you just got into Bitcoin. What, mm-hmm. what was your perspective of experiencing this like, crypto community at such a mass scale?
3: Man, I think it was powerful. Just, you know, it was actually like probably my second time in Miami. So, you know, I spent uh, like three days there and just the team at Bitwage was able to, you know, make everything so smoothly, you know, help fly me out there, help purchase my tickets. You know, they had their booth set up. But walking around Bitcoin and seeing everybody come together, all these companies, you know, just to support Bitcoin. It was just powerful to me. And it was honestly awesome to see. You know, they had the big stage, you know, the concerts, the, the venues, you know, food trucks and everything that. Uh, there's something that like I want to be a part of. And you know, everyone's energy kind of feed off of it as you're walking through. But just, just to see just all the companies out there coming together, you know, just for Bitcoin is, is pretty awesome.
0: So, Alex, last question. I have to ask you, you know, are you truly a Bitcoin maximalist or are there other crypto projects or currencies that you have invested in or you plan to invest in? Now that you're truly a, a crypto native on the salary side,
3: <laughs> I I am not a maximist. You know, I, I support crypto. Ooh. Bitcoin is my biggest asset, though. Um, George yeah, is a maxie, though. So forgive uh, him. Forgive George booed
1: you. I, yeah. George. I'm George, learning, I'm learning sit down, the terms.
3: George. Yeah, I'm learning the terms maxies, whatnot. Like, I guess you're all into Bitcoin and believe in nothing else, whatever it may be. That you know, I support other stuff. You know, I support crypto mm-hmm. in general. Bitcoin, I just, I just understand that it's the digital gold, and it's the most valuable, the OG of the cryptocurrency. You know, I I put it as like, it's the world's money. You know, when you look at it, it, it's all of all world's money put into one place. So we're in control of that, and that's what I love about it. And you know, I see the long term and effect of that. So,
1: Alex, we love to hear it. We love when people who have a platform and an audience are dedicated to educating like it sounds like you are. The four of us are going to be in Austin, Texas for CoinDesk's Consensus Conference. So you are more than welcome to join us there on June 9th and learn more about please. this crazy space that we call crypto. So please do join us uh, at Consensus in Austin. Can we count on you? I'm, gonna, I'm just putting you on the hot seat here. Are you going to be <laughs> in Austin with us?
3: Uh, can I get a date? <laughs> I
0: I thought he put the hot seat on you.
3: That was a no no. boy. Wow, somebody thinks a lot of themselves. Okay, (laughs) wow, (laughs) Dave. Oh, no, I I need a date and I I just need a date, and I'm there June 9th. If I'm not busy with OTAs, I will be there. That's my guarantee. If I don't have Thank a practice, so I don't have a scheduled work day, I'm there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Such a pleasant way Thank to start you. off the hash on a Friday.
3: <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I Thanks appreciate Alex. it. Nice to be all of you. Thanks so a lot. All right, guys. Take care. Well,
1: well that, was fun. that was
3: that was great.
0: Yeah. That was fun. That was amazing. I, and I, I think, think uh, we may have, I think that was that was really that was good stuff. Anyway, we gotta talk about boring stuff now, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take the next yeah. story that's
2: gonna be uh, if A it's boring, boring, it's got to be George.
4: That's gotta right. Be... We, can, we can only have fun for so long, guys. And the fun guy is back. So, too, are the fun stories. Not sure there's all too much to expound on here, but plenty to expand on and speculate on. So Goldman Sachs, in all their wisdom, assured us that there is little U.S. economic impact for lower cryptocurrency prices. The reasoning? Crypto is mostly international, and it only makes up 0.3% of household net worth in the U.S., Stocks going down is much, much, much worse for regular Americans, since that made up one third of household uh, net worth, which is steadily moving down as stocks go down. But you know, once housing prices follow that, once the the Fed decides that we're going to do you know a Volcker inspired move and have twenty percent rates to save the economy, uh, who knows? Who knows where that number is going to go? Anyway, what I really want to expand on is Goldman Sachs is dead on right. We love crypto. We live. We breathe it every day. Bitcoin is once a trillion dollar asset, it's still a $500 billion asset, but it's still small peanuts when it comes to the rest of the economy. I mean, there are individual human beings with net worths that approach the market cap of Ethereum's, right? It it feels like it's hurting everyone we know because everyone we know probably has some exposure to the space. Uh, But in terms of the entire world burning down because of the fall of crypto, not yet, guys. We aren't there. Uh, I want to hear if David has anything to say about this since he put me on the spot by calling me not so fun. (laughs)
2: I'm sorry. I I didn't okay. mean that. I take it back.
4: My reputation um, precedes me. No, my you're uh, you're
2: you're you're perfectly fun, George. Um, no, my only thought here really is uh, that this is you know it's good. This should be um, a small portion of people's holdings. I, I try and say it as often as it makes sense. But a lot of this technology and this new financial system that that is being built is is very speculative. So certainly individuals, in terms of their net worth balance appropriately and i also you know i have to emphasize the other side of this here right like stocks are doing horrendously right now including technology growth stocks that we thought were real companies so you see things like netflix is down 50% tesla i think is getting close to that at this point point. and tesla is in the s&p 500 so when people start talking about how volatile and speculative crypto is yes it's volatile and speculative and don't don't go too long on it um but uh other things apparently are more volatile and speculative than we thought too so uh zach go for it
0: yeah that's a great point i mean i think we've seen sort of like the continued correlation of bitcoin and you know riskier stocks like especially those in the tech sector and i think you know that is a far broader economic impact in the real world than crypto is at this point in time right and that's sort of what's being echoed here for all that we talk about it and for all that we focus on the crypto economy it's still. Pretty much its own self-contained world and the fact that you know Terra, a major project uh can collapse to the extent that it did and bitcoin can kind of hold firm in the face of that which also included some actual bitcoin liquidation along the way um again suggests that this is its own little corner of the global economy and that may not be too related to the real economy out there if we look at the bigger picture so it is interesting to see that that's sort of where we are at this point in time again people are going to tell you hey maybe next cycle this will be bigger there may be more systematic risk built into this growing sector of the world economy but as it stands right now that's not the case but i'll toss it to david for his thoughts
2: yeah i just wanted one follow-up and then uh somebody else can get in but that point about the separation is actually very fundamental here right to the degree that there is it's certainly not a firewall anymore there's lots of traditional finance that's involved in crypto but it's still relatively limited um, and the, the way to think about that is that means there is less leverage in the system and less money that is going to be pulled out into something else when something sharp shocks the system. Um, so, so in a weird way, or maybe even not that weird of a way, the isolation is actually good for crypto. And, and I think that I haven't actually run the numbers, but I think that if you look at like especially Bitcoin and Ethereum versus some of those long tech stocks over the last 30 days, it's not looking too bad. So. Um, but, uh, Jen, you want to get any thoughts here? I
1: have nothing smart to add to this conversation. I just want to say that I did not think that Alex was asking me on a date. I would like to clear <laughs> that up. It was just <laughs> an odd series of events and language that was used. And so I just want to clear okay. that up before well, we go. Hey, to break. You know what? We're rooting for
2: you. I well, at least...
1: am happily in a relationship, but thank you, David. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. If I played any part in that, I apologize. But yeah, we're with you, Jen. We're with you, Alex. Sorry about that all around. Good times. Good times.
2: All right. So this is mine, I guess. Yeah, this is uh, a new study from some researchers at the Bank from International Settlements. I think study might be uh, maybe the wrong word, more like a concept piece about how uh, blockchains can be regulated. Their emphasis in this paper is on actually regulating chains directly. And there are, I think, some issues with that concept, but um, there is still some interesting thinking going on here. And uh, in particular, I think the the most important point that they make is that regulatory bias is towards regulating entities like banks. That's kind of what we're used to. Um, And attempts to regulate crypto so far have sometimes fallen into that pattern. Um, And whether or not the specifics are correct, I think that this paper is interesting because it sort of encourages a a move away from that framework. And uh, so we'll go around and talk about it. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts?
0: I think the BIS is getting more involved in thinking about this stuff, right? There's smart people who know stuff, who are looking at concepts such as cross-border payments in the crypto space. Also, we saw a big DeFi report out of the BIS. So this is something that clearly is on the agenda to think about and to think through thoroughly. So I think for me, uh, this is sort of the latest example of that. We had them thinking about DeFi and the ramifications of what DeFi could mean at some future state in which it's widely used. We're now having this conversation about cross-border payments. So the idea to me is that, okay, the BIS is thinking about this stuff. It's taking it seriously. And, you know, I think there's valuable information that's being produced by some of these global financial regulators who are saying, okay, let's take a step back. Let's think about this. Let's figure out what's going on and they produce things that you know are often derided by the crypto community, often supported by skeptics. But between the noise, there is information that is being produced by very smart people within the economics community who are gaming out what a cryptoized global economy could look like. And this to me is just another example of that. But I saw Jen.
1: Yeah, I think this is really interesting out of the box thinking. I think when we think about regulators, it's easy to see how they've fallen into the box that they've been in. You know we've not had decentralized finance before. It's easy to see how they focus on these centralized points in the crypto ecosystem, and they look at how do we regulate that? And so I think getting that mind shift and actually changing law will be very, very difficult. I think there will be a lot of roadblocks if we look at how we actually implement this really awesome, innovative, out-of-the-box thinking. And David, my question to you is how do we even regulate a distributed ledger, it sounds very, very yeah. complicated and like something that we've, we've not seen anything like it before. So how do we even start to put this into practicality?
2: Yeah, and, and this is where I think there are some issues with the, the BIS paper because at least the, the read that I got um, from our reporting was that the proposal is to have pre-approval of new chains before they're launched. So to have somebody <laughs> that will go and review the design um, and that's just fundamentally not how this works. And, and and so I don't think that that is going to be viable. However, um, I do think that there is a different approach that we probably will see, which involves, you know, still the same regulated choke points of centralized exchanges, uh, having limitations on what chains they can interact with, what assets they can offer. And I, I think that, you know, long term, there will be a white market for crypto, a black market, and a gray market. And the gray market is going to be things that are not listed on centralized exchanges, and they will still be things you can interact with, but they won't be regulated. And so I think that there actually could be some useful products to having that uh, distinction. So for example, with the Luna situation, uh, maybe, maybe somebody could have re- taken a look at that and said shouldn't, Coinbase shouldn't be selling it. So, but uh, George, what are your thoughts on, on this as a model?
4: Yeah, I think if you're spot on there, right? The only place you can really do widespread regulation is on the off and off ramps that we have already where people get in and out of crypto environments, right? And to what you were saying, Jen, here's the quote from the, uh, the article that I want to, want to highlight. That may need to change with rules switching to a mentality where by default you regulate not individual nodes, but the distributed system as a whole. I mean, man, good luck. A Bitcoin miner claimed they mined like an OFAC or FATF compliant block, and people went absolutely nuts, right? Our, our governments can't even successfully govern people, and they're going to govern a whole distributed system where we just talked about this. Cryptocurrency happens internationally and in the US. You're going to have a super wide global government that's going to be governing you know, the Bitcoin blockchain, the Ethereum blockchain, even these more centralized blockchains that I don't really care about. I don't know how they're going to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, Jen, you raised your hand as I was speaking. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, there's, there's this other little um, nugget in the report. It says the report suggests that developers set out the exact details in advance and then that plan of operations must be approved by regulators. I think we've all seen that the plan often changes as we're figuring out how to operate in these systems. And so I feel like you know this new way of thinking that is supposed to help innovation move forward might end up slowing it in other ways, right? If the plan has to be approved before we build, and now we're building, but we have to go back and get plans reapproved, it sounds like there's, there's going to be a lot of roadblocks there.
4: Wait, is that in, like blockchains need to have approval before they launch from this centralizing body? Is that what that is saying? Because That's, where have you been? I'm just a messenger, it. George. I know. <laughs> they is, is the abstract day. the handlers, the government, all that stuff, you know.
0: All right, let's go back to some crypto stuff, guys. Let's, uh, let's change gears here. Let's get out of the BIS. Let's go to a story that aged really, really poorly for almost everyone involved here. Back on April 7th, we reported that the Avalanche and Terra communities were getting friendly with each other. There was something like $200 million of each of the assets swapped where like the the Ava, the the Avalanche foundation took a big cash of Luna and UST and the Luna foundation guard Took a big cash of AVAX, the native token of the Avalanche blockchain. Now there was an update shared by Avalanche on their situation yesterday. Avalanche said, "Hey, all those Avax, all those AVAX tokens that we gave to LFG, they were in a year long lockup. So you know, if you're an AVAX holder, don't worry, you're not going to get dumped on." What they didn't say was what they did with their Luna and UST tokens, which were you know also substantive at the time back on April seventh. You know, we all know that Luna and, and UST. much crashed to zero so they either got wrecked on that or they were able to sell because they weren't subject to a similar lockup they would not answer our questions regarding the particulars of that but that's sort of what's going on here this is one of those things where when you forge bridges across communities in crypto and things go wrong people in the community that hasn't really gone wrong all the way get worried they get say okay well is this going to spill over into our ecosystem and cause further pain so this is sort of a weird example of that coming up and being discussed at least somewhat openly. I'm going to toss this to David for his initial thoughts on this because uh, this was interesting at the time and I think it's gotten more interesting given last week's events.
2: Yeah, so I I have two thoughts. The first one is, um, you know, we talk about the ways that things are different in crypto than in mainstream finance. I think this is an example of, of a useful comparison where things are quite similar and can actually make things easier to understand when you think about them as similar. Luna, the token, I think it is useful to think about it as an equity stake in the Luna system in the sense that it is similar to a stock, that the price of Luna, you know, there was this whole complicated algorithm thing, but ultimately it is a a measure of faith in the overall system, which is why it now has gone to zero. And so the reason that's important is that when we talk about contagion in finance, what we're talking about is sort of cross obligations, right? So in this case, Avalanche basically Gave the Luna Foundation Guard a loan of some AVAX in return. I mean, it's not actually a loan, but in some ways you can think about it this way. In return for equity in the company. That equity is now worthless. Therefore, Avalanche has been harmed by that degree, presumably. So when we talk, that's just useful for thinking about when we talk about contagion. So um, if the situation had been slightly different, perhaps Avalanche could have been hurt much worse by this. And so going forward, look at obligations that are shared between different players. The other thing that I'm going to say is somebody talked me down because I cannot comprehend why LFG would take tokens that were in a one-year lockup if the purpose of the tokens was to be able to actively intervene to stabilize UST. I mean, it doesn't, does that make any sense to anybody else? I don't understand. I truly do not understand. Um, I don't know if Zach wanted to uh, respond to that or if he had something else, but I, I'm just befuddled.
0: I mean I think the yeah I mean you you are right to be befuddled in that instance. I was just looking at the details of the April 7th post. So the Avalanche Foundation at the time held 100 million dollars worth of UST and 100 million dollars worth of Luna. Luna on April 7th was trading above $100. It it was at 104.32 and then a month later it was pretty Oof. much on its way to crashing. So life comes at you fast. How it started and how it's going in this story is like really remarkable. And I think you know um It's not going to be damaging maybe beyond like the little reputational hit that Avalanche is going to suffer on this one. But it is just a remarkable story about sort of a collaboration gone wrong in a very crypto sort of way. George, I saw your hand up. I'm tossing it to you.
4: Yeah, David. You're right. It is absolutely befuddling if this was anyone else, right? It's LFG, so maybe it makes perfect mm. sense that this is how it happened. Well, <laughs> if you have <laughs> yeah. you're trying to be do, you're trying to do liquid market moves so you can change the price of your liquid token, you shouldn't have it in liquid token that you're using to do that. It just doesn't make any sense. But going back to all of this, can we first say that I'm so glad that the US women's national team can finally reclaim the term LFG from Terra? We try to steal it from them, right? <laughs> they, they did it first, and they were, they were actually world champions. They, they succeeded. They're great. Yes. Didn't Tom Brady also
0: steal it? I think Tom Brady's like Who? actual nah, company like name is LFG. Look the actual Look it up.
4: owner. Look it up. I'm LFG. looking it up. Look it up.
0: All right, you got to um, do your thing. I'm going to go Google.
4: Anyway, as for LFG, Terra, Luna, whatever, can they just figure out a way to try to make as re- many regular people whole as possible? If David wrote really well on Coindesk.com saying, just let Terra die. Stop it. To the founder of all this mess, and I'm borrowing from Gretchen Wieners. Stop trying to make lunaterra whatever happen. Is that a
1: anyway. Mean Girls quote?
4: <laughs> it is. Jen, go yeah. ahead. I'm angry.
1: I mean, I was just going to add to what Zach was saying about the reputational damage. I was reading this morning that Avalanche's price declined over the last few days when news came out of South Korea that said Terraforms Labs owes 100 billion won in taxes. And it just speaks to, you know, these relationships that are created in the crypto ecosystem and these like long-term effects that can come out just based on like random pieces of news. And so it will be interesting to watch. That's all I have to say on that. I'm caught up on who owns LFG now.
0: I couldn't figure it out definitively. Zach Sorry guys. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to shut it's down. Because he the knows show. He's
1: wrong. Come on now. George
0: is probably Zach's- right. Fine George. George
1: you can't just George. come on here once in a while God. and and say Zach's wrong
0: we it's love george nice. george george is a good television i don't know what to tell Be you nice we <laughs> like it we like it
2: you've been listening to the hash
0: on the coindesk podcast network we would like to hear from you so if you have any questions or comments please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com subject line the hash or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player thanks for listening